0: My name is Kate the Socialite and you're listening to episode 54 of The Kate Show. Today we're talking about why marketing feels so darn difficult. It is something that business owners stress out about just as much as they stress out about the money because yeah, they're pretty much connected guys. How you market your business does directly impact your revenue and it can really hurt your revenue. And if you guys have heard any of my episodes with Michelle Williams, you know that how you manage your revenue then turns around and has an impact on what you can do to continue marketing your business and what you can't do and how you feel about yourself. It is all connected. So that's why we need to talk today about some of the myths that make marketing so difficult. And the biggest hangups that I see people experiencing in the home industry, especially that really solidify in their brains that yes, marketing is hard, it's not working for me, and it's frustrating. So let's dive right in, bust some myths, make some moves, and give you guys an action plan to totally change the way you think about marketing. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas, and I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. All right, let's talk about some marketing myths. These are things that I have been told by interior designers, stagers and workrooms over the past few years, and everything is pretty consistent. You guys keep telling me the same reasons why you think marketing is hard or why it has been hard for you, and I do want to acknowledge that Marketing can be hard if you look at it in the wrong way. But when you start to change your perspective, it's going to get so much easier for you. It's actually going to take less time and less money on top of it all. So that's why this is so important to understand. All right, so here's one myth. Only marketing companies actually get results through marketing, which means that if I want results, I have to go hire someone. Now, here's the thing. I run a marketing company and I am telling you right now, you do not actually need me or my team in order to have a successful marketing strategy. You just need to know what you're doing and you need to have the time to do it. So that's often why a lot of people choose to work with a marketing company because at a certain point in your business, you do need to outsource. Now, here's the other myth. Marketing takes too much time. Well, define too much. Depending on what you're doing, a certain amount of time will be required, but for the average interior designer or stager or workroom, marketing doesn't have to take a lot out of you, especially if you learn how to batch work and you realize that you don't need to be on a bunch of social platforms. All you need to do is be on one and you only need to post like 12 times a month which equals out to three times a week. So if you were to batch work and sit down and come up with 12 posts, it's not gonna take long. It's gonna take maybe an hour and a half per month. And then when you add on top of that an email newsletter, that can be another 15 to 30 minutes per month. So marketing doesn't have to take a long time. Okay, so here's another myth. My past marketing efforts didn't work, so now what do I do? I have to try something else. Well, here's the thing. If a marketing tactic did not work for you in the past, it either means it just was a really bad marketing idea or you were doing it wrong. And the latter is very likely. Not because I'm picking on you guys, but because I've been there too. I have been so frustrated. Like I used to get super frustrated with email marketing because I never got results from it. But the truth is I was doing it wrong. Once I started doing it correctly, which means I was consistent, I didn't have newsletters that were too long or talked about too many things. I made sure to include a call to action and to make it personable. Then I started to get results. Then people cared about replying and opening on a regular basis. So just because something didn't work well for you in the past, doesn't mean that you should write it off entirely for the future. Another myth I hear really often, especially from window treatment companies is, if I want results, I have to spend money on advertising. So people will often come to me as workrooms and say, hey, show me how to do Google ads or will you do Google ads for me or will you do social media ads for me and unfortunately a lot of these people are also looking for the shortcut they want the fast sale now I'm not trying to hate on window treatment companies okay I think you guys are awesome and you create such beautiful products but I have noticed a trend here the people who want the social media or the Google ads are the window treatment businesses. I'm not really sure why that is except that the demographic that likely runs a workroom is more likely to be a little bit more familiar, a little bit more comfortable with the idea of an ad versus doing social media. And maybe that's an age thing and it's totally fine guys. I don't want you to feel bad about it, but I do want you to understand that is a trend in your niche industry. And it's one that's no longer working. Because sure, 20 years ago, running an ad was basically all you could do besides word of mouth referrals. But now we have this whole other medium that takes word of mouth referrals and jacks it up on steroids and we call it social media. But if you don't know how social media works, then you're going to be intimidated by it and prefer to stick with something that you're already familiar with. So I get it but I want you to understand that ads are becoming less and less effective because we see so many of them. What is becoming even more effective and quite honestly has always been effective is being personable, being a real human, whether you're going into someone's home or you're referred to one of their friends or family members. It requires human interaction. It requires you putting yourself out there, which means leaving your workroom or leaving your place of business And it also means in a digital format, not hiding behind your services. And I'm going to get more into that later on. Alright, so let's talk in depth now about what makes marketing way more difficult than it should be. And I've got five overarching reasons for you, but we're going to dive deep into each of those reasons because I want you to be able to recognize yourself or recognize your own tendencies so that we can start to change your mindset around marketing. Because I also used to think that marketing was really hard. Now I know there are a few of you out there right now who are like, Seriously, Kate, now you run a marketing company, of course it's not hard for you anymore. Well, here's the thing. When you have a strategy in place and you know what your end goal is and you know who you're talking to, suddenly it becomes more like a game of hitting the target versus throwing something at the wall and hoping that it sticks. So the first reason why marketing is so much more difficult than it needs to be is most people really don't have a clearly defined niche market or ideal client. Now niche market and ideal client are very similar but let me explain the slight differences. So your ideal client is that person that you really want to work with and you know her average age, her occupation, her income, her family situation, uh, the type of home that she's already living in, but a niche market makes it a little bit more focused because You can talk about how your ideal client is this type of person, but you serve her in this niche way. So here's an example. If you're an interior designer and you are focusing on professional career women, I know I use that example all the time, but it's always the first thing that comes to my head, guys. If you're focusing on that type of person, that's still a little bit too broad. So think about the area she lives in, think about what is important to her, and then suddenly you realize, that your niche market has to do with that professional career woman who just wants a break. She's interested in yoga, in functional medicine, in a little bit of self care. And you need to show up in a way that serves her versus showing up to serve the career woman who is all about Gucci and Prada and stepping on people to get where she wants to be. Your niche market and your ideal client is someone entirely different. And that means that what you talk about in your marketing needs to be totally different too. Instead of talking about how you can use your home to impress other people in your company, you talk about how her home is going to rejuvenate her and help her be a better wife, a better mother, and a better business owner. It is a complete perspective shift. It becomes less about what you're actually going to do for her and more about how she's going to feel as a result of working with you. Because a woman at that point in her life, and it doesn't matter her age, but at that point in her her spiritual life, her emotional life, she's going to have much different priorities. It's not about having that Instagram perfect home. It's about having a space where she can just be human again. And let her guard down because we all get tired of having to put on that corporate face even if you are a one-person company you know what I mean you're at a networking event you feel like you have to be held to a certain standard you have to act a certain way dress a certain way imagine having to do that 40 50 60 hours a week that's exhausting if you're focusing on an ideal client within a deeper niche someone who is looking for more, someone who is looking for a personal enlightenment, you can focus on that. And because that is so very personal, everything else, including the the money, the profits and the projects will just follow that if you can meet your client where she is. Now, I actually met two interior designers in the past week who have awesome niche markets and I want to share their niche markets with you. I don't have their permission to say their names on here so I won't but I know that at least one of them listens to the podcast so girl I hope you recognize yourself here because I'm so proud of you. The first one is bachelor pads. Now I've used this as an example for quite a long time and it's because it's a very unique market to own and I had the pleasure of meeting an interior designer who focuses on bachelors And let me tell you, this lady is totally killing it. Her website is geared towards The Bachelor. I mean, I kid you not, on part of her website, it actually says, are you ready to stop farting around and just get your apartment redone? Like, okay, that is hilarious. And that is how someone would need to speak to my husband if they were trying to convince him to get a room redone. Because it's kind of, it's guy talk, but it wasn't done in a derogatory way. It was done in a real way. It was the best. And that is so important because if she were to say, yes, I serve bachelors, but then all her verbiage was flowery and elegant, there would be such a disconnect that she would not be appealing to her ideal client, even though she did basically list them by name. Hey, I serve bachelors. All right. Now, the other interior designer I met recently focuses on kids' bedrooms. That is so very niche. It's awesome. It makes me excited because when you specialize in something, it doesn't alienate you from being able to take on other projects, but it does set you up as a professional And yes, a specialist, like I said. And here's the thing. Once she gets her foot literally in the door and starts doing nurseries and kids' bedrooms, chances are really high that one of the parents of those kids is going to be like, hey, can you also help me with the kitchen? Or we're thinking of redoing our bathroom. What do you think we should do? And suddenly she gets more and more work out of it. But she had to specialize in something first to get her foot in the door. Now, I do want to put in a little caveat here and let you know that there is nothing wrong if your ideal client happens to be just like you. And in fact, that makes it much easier. So if you are a mother with young children and you're doing home staging or interior design, what have you, and you realize that your ideal client is that same type of person, that's awesome. You know how to talk to yourself. You know what you're interested in. So put yourself out there because the more you do that, the more it will attract more people just like you to your business. And remember, it's that relationship that sells. It's not the fact that you offer a certain set of services, but it's because you're a certain type of person. And that's why it's so important not to hide behind your services in your marketing. And we will discuss that in a later point. So I hope you guys can really see that the two designers I met recently focusing on bachelor pads and kids bedrooms, they never have a shortage of what to say on social media or in other facets of their marketing because they know exactly who they're speaking to and they can create content that is very specific to what they're doing. So bachelor pad renovation or the three essentials for your next apartment after college, or for kids' bedrooms, it could be how to design a nursery that transitions through the toddler and elementary school years. Because not only is that hyper-focused, but it's so, so helpful to the ideal client, and it's also excellent for SEO. Hey, interior designers. How much time are you currently spending creating floor plans, furniture arrangements, or sourcing product, or creating mood boards. Well, here's the good news. You do not have to keep spending many, many precious hours of your time on these things that you could actually hand off to someone else. Now, I'm not suggesting that you hire an employee or that you add another person to your in-house team because that's not always a good fit for everyone. From a legal and tax standpoint having an employee can be expensive and it can also be risky which is why i am really excited to introduce you guys to my friend Brittany elms of my design assistant so Brittany specializes in virtual assistant services exactly and specifically for interior designers so that you can spend more time growing your business your brand and getting the publicity that you deserve without spending hours creating those mood boards or sourcing those products because we know these things are very important to your design process but the good news is it doesn't all have to be done by you so if you're ready to take your business to the next level and start outsourcing things that you don't necessarily have to have your hands in go over to mydesignassistant.com check out Brittany's services, her reviews, and book a time with her online. Head over to mydesignassistant.com to get started. The second big reason that makes marketing way more difficult than it should be is the fact that a lot of business owners in the home industry fail to define what a successful marketing run looks like. And in fact, when I ask people, well, how are you going to know if your social media is working for you? Or how are you going to know if your website is working for you? And they often say, well, I'll get more phone calls or I'll get more inquiries via email. And that's just not a good way to measure it, guys, because for one thing, saying, well, I'll just get more of this is very vague, way too generalized. So you need to have an actual number. Well, because I'm doing X, Y, and Z, I expect to get three qualified leads per month something like that. You have to be concrete about it. But it also doesn't mean that you get to pick a random number, and just because you picked a number and said it out loud, it's going to happen. Like, I'm going to get 20 new leads or 20 new project inquiries every month as a result of what I'm doing on social media or what I'm doing on my website through my blog. That's also not a good way to look at it because it maybe isn't a sustainable number for you. And in fact, getting 20 inquiries in a month is just a little bit insane because you know that even if you got 20, they're not all going to pan out. So you can't make that your focus. Don't focus on how many people will be contacting you, but focus on how many people will actually sign the contract or pay you the money. That is what you need to focus on. So you can start with that goal and then break it down and then work backwards to create steps on how to get there. And I did create a different podcast episode about backwards marketing. I'll link it in the show notes of this episode because it's definitely worth a listen if you want more explanation about how to do that. The other issue with just saying you want more of something is not quite understanding the marketing tactic that you're trying to use and actually expecting it to do something that it was never meant to do. I see this a lot when it comes to social media. As you guys probably know, I do custom social media management, or rather, my team does, for different designers all over the US. And when we talk to them about what their goals are for social media, they'll usually say, well, we just want more followers, or we just want more interaction. And that's great, but how does that contribute to your bottom line? It doesn't, that's the problem. They think that when they get more followers, they're going to somehow get more leads funneled through to their business, but the truth is, most people who are so focused like that on social media followings and interactions, don't even have the rest of their sales funnel set up which means that even if there are people on social who are finding them and who are interested in what they're doing they have actually no clear path to get from social into that person's sales funnel because it just doesn't exist and while we're on the topic of social media i also want to say that i often see interior design and home staging and workroom companies want more social traffic likes follows comments but they don't want to create the type of content that will result in that. So here, let me let me paint this picture for you, okay? So we have worked with people in the past, I'm not talking about any current clients, guys, okay? Current clients, if you're listening, this is not about you, you guys are doing fabulous, we've had our conversations, we're all good. But we have worked with people in the past who have given us their images that we can use on social media, and they're very poor quality, they were taken with a smartphone on a cloudy day there's no lighting they're they're blurry and it makes their work look so subpar which is so sad because i know that the few professional photos i have seen of their work is it's just incredible like you can tell they have so much talent and so much passion for what they do but the rest of their photos are just no they're just not there But that's what they give us to post on social and we had asked them, hey, you know, we need to promote more about you and your team because people need to understand that there are real people behind your brand and you're not just all about, well, here's a window treatment or here's a kitchen we did. There needs to be more. And These people are like, oh, I'm not comfortable with that. I don't want to show it. My team doesn't want their face out there. We don't want to talk about anything personal. We might offend someone. And that's a huge reason why their marketing becomes so difficult because they treat themselves as though they're a hindrance to their marketing rather than an asset. Which brings me to the third reason marketing is difficult for no reason, (laughs) not showing up or being relatable. When you refuse to be relatable in your marketing, it takes the humanity out of it and makes your business nothing more than a big catalog of services or products. And unless you're Amazon, that's not gonna work well for you. You need to put yourself into everything that you're offering because ultimately, you are what they're getting. They're getting your expertise, they're getting you in their home doing the work, They are working with you consistently, especially if you are a home stager and you're working with real estate agents. It doesn't matter how business minded your client is, they're still human and it doesn't behoove anyone to leave the humanity out of their business. So here are a few real life ways I have seen people take the humanity out of their business or hide behind their services and these things directly hurt your marketing guys. These are real issues. And if in any of these that I'm about to say, if they describe you, write it down right now and get it fixed over the weekend. It is that important. The first one would be hiding behind third person verbiage on your website. So instead of saying I It's just the designers at so-and-so specialize in blah blah blah. That is not cool guys. Unless you're a tv announcer talking about somebody else, you need to always be talking in the first person. When you talk in the first person, it also makes it easier for you to say things that you would actually say in real life. makes you seem less stiff and less formal because even the designers who work with celebrities they don't get there because they're formal and because they hide. They get there because they have a personality that they aren't afraid to share. In fact, it might interest you guys to know that I have heard again and again things about very successful interior designers. And I at first, I just didn't believe it but now it totally makes sense to me. And this is what people were saying. Well, they're not extremely good at interior design, but their delivery is amazing. Their personality is amazing. How they handle their clients is so incredible and people just love the process. That's what makes them good. You could have the best design sense or staging skills or workroom ability, but if you take yourself out of it, you're taking away the biggest God-given asset your business has ever had. So aside from talking in third person on your site, which is a big no-no, I also see people failing to address their ideal client or their niche market throughout the entire website or throughout their social or any other forms of marketing that they do. That's a real problem. Because if you stand up in the middle of a crowd of people, and let's say you're trying to get the attention of women who are between the ages of 30 and 60, and you know what they're interested in, and you're trying you're trying to get their attention, okay? But all you do is you stand up there and say, hey, hey guys, look at me. Sure, some people look at you, but half of them that pay attention are nowhere near who you were trying to get to pay attention to you, because you're not being clear. You're not naming them by name, you're not describing them. And that means that it leaves you wide open to getting anyone's attention. But the problem with getting anyone's attention is just that it's unfocused. It's like throwing spaghetti against the wall just to see if it sticks. It makes a mess. It's a waste of time. And you wonder what the heck you're doing. The other way that people will often take themselves out of their business is what I mentioned earlier, where they refuse to share who they are. On social media and I do want you guys to understand because I've had people get upset with with me before when I say this which is so hilarious but I'm not telling you to take a selfie every day and put it out there I'm not telling you to air your dirty laundry what I am saying is get a lifestyle photo shoot done it's really not expensive they're usually about $500 for an hour or two you can use those photos over the next year and every time you post one of yourself Maybe it's just twice a month, maybe four times a month. Share a little bit of your story. We all have been through things that have changed and shaped us as people, even if they have nothing to do with your business just share it. It gives people another reason to remember you, even if they're not interested in your services at that exact moment. The last big way that people will take humanity out of their business and hide behind their services or their brand is they expect people to find them versus going out and finding them and showing up where those people are naturally already hanging out, whether it's in person or online. And I see this happen a lot when Um, For example, interior designers specifically will say, well, I'm on Twitter. And I'm like, okay, why? Is your ideal client there? And they'll say, well, I don't. No, I mean, I I don't think so. Then I'll say, well, why are you there? And then it all clicks and they're like, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna go delete that account. That's such a waste of time. And I'm like, kinda, you know. And here's the thing, I'm not trying to pick on interior designers, but I do see certain issues happening with all of these niche industries. Window treatment businesses tend to lean towards advertising instead of personality. And interior designers tend to lean towards being on every social platform possible without thinking about whether or not it's even reaching their ideal client. And that's no fault of you guys, because you're not marketers, okay? You're designers and workrooms, and you're really, really good at what you do. The problem is a lot of people in the marketing industry have brainwashed business owners in general into thinking that ads are necessary and being everywhere is necessary. But here's the thing, guys. They do that because if you run ads, somebody makes money off of that, not you. And if you have to be on every social media platform possible, that means that PR agencies, marketing companies get to charge you extra because now they're managing all these other platforms for you. It's all about money, but not the money going in your pocket. It's about the money going out. So make sure that You're thinking the way your ideal client does before you decide you need to be on another social platform or do this new marketing thing because chances are you're probably already in too many places and you're also not showing up at the level that you need to be. So just make it simple and show up as a real person, share your experiences, share who you are and it will make all the difference in the world. All right, guys, here it is. The last big reason Why marketing feels so much more difficult than it ever has to be. And it goes along a little bit with what we were just talking about, you know, the idea that you need to be everywhere, but here's the problem. Being everywhere with your marketing basically gets you nowhere. It's very frustrating. It's frustrating for for you guys. It's frustrating for people like me who come in and, and try to sort it all out for you. And remember the more thinly you spread yourself, the more low quality everything will be. And what I have seen a lot of times is people in the home industry, this includes home stagers, okay, if I'm going to pick on other industries, I've got to pick on the home stagers too. When you are blogging, You need to pay attention to whether or not the things you're saying have all been said before and figure out if there is a better or newer way for you to say it. So this applies to more than just blogging, but for sake of example, I'm gonna go there. I have seen blog posts from so many different designers and stagers, especially, that they all sound the same. They have the exact same titles or very similar titles And I understand that there is a limited amount of things that you can say about home staging, but if you have an ideal client in a niche market, it will change the way you word things and it makes the quality of your blog post so much better. Now, Blogging is something that needs to be done consistently, kind of like email marketing. Otherwise, there's really no point in doing it at all. So my friend Jacqueline Edwards of Ochre and Beige, she is a professional ghostwriter for your industries, and she recommends at least once per month. That's like the bare minimum. If you're going to blog, do it at least once per month. If you want more than that, it's only going to benefit you, but you have to make sure that what you're putting out there is good quality stuff, stuff that people would actually want to read. And even the images you use, are they beautiful? Are you using stock images? Because if you are, that's okay. Or if you're using someone else's images, you better make sure you're citing them. I'm not even going to go there because that that's a whole copyright issue. And there are times when you need to ask for permission. And most people are okay as long as you give them credit. But even so, guys, This is becoming such a hot topic in the industry. You have to make sure that the content you're putting out there is not only high quality, but that it's legal, that it's right, that it's painting the right picture, that it's reaching your ideal client. So those are some really big things that I see that keep coming up in this industry. The other thing I see happening is people who try email marketing or sending a monthly newsletter will often stop doing it by by realizing okay this isn't working for me my open rates are too low nobody cares what I'm saying this is just an outdated marketing method but the truth is as you've heard me say in past episodes email marketing even now is 40 times more effective than Facebook so if email marketing did not work for you in the past it's because you need to do it differently I often see problematic newsletters hit my inbox that are too long that discuss too many things, they have too many graphics, your eyes don't even know where to land, and if there is a call to action, it's totally buried because the newsletter is so busy, or there's just no call to action at all, which negates the purpose of a newsletter. So I want you guys to understand that if you actually stop overthinking your marketing, it can become very simple. And a big reason why people overthink it is because they don't have an understanding of a marketing sales funnel. And I know I've talked about this before, so I'm going to keep this one brief. I have made other episodes about it, but basically, a marketing sales funnel for the home industry in the simplest, most effective form is this people find you on social media because you're posting good content three times a week. Then, that encourages them to go to your website, which means the whole purpose of social media is just to send people to your website, in addition to having you build that personal connection with them that makes them want to go to your site in the first place. When they're on your website, you need to have an easy and clear way for them to get in your mailing list. Once they're in your mailing list, maybe they receive a freebie, maybe they don't. It's always best to offer something to entice them. And then every month after that, they get a newsletter from you that is concise, is beautiful, is on brand, and speaks to their needs. Because email marketing or those newsletters are at the end of the sales funnel, that is where people will convert. So you guys see, this is a a long game. There is no such thing as a fast sale. But once you get that client, You'll get repeat projects out of them or referrals out of them, and it becomes a long-term strategy for real growth in your business, and it suddenly makes marketing simple and easy. All right, guys, I've talked your ear off long enough. I hope this episode was helpful. Whenever I do something that is to the point and hard-hitting like this, I end up getting replies from you guys saying, thank you, this is what I needed. And I may also get some that are like, oh, what you said made me really uncomfortable. And that's okay because that means you're going to do something different. And didn't someone once say that doing the same things over and over expecting different results is the actual definition of insanity? So we don't wanna be crazy pants over here as Luann Nagara likes to say, she's so hilarious. If you haven't heard a well-designed business podcast, you should go check it out. But she'll use the term crazy pants for things that are just so blatantly not supposed to be happening, and I love that. So, we're going to use that term here as well. Guys, until next time, I really want you to keep your marketing simple and I want your message to be clear. Thanks for listening. Visit us at the Kate Show Podcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.